0: This week, we're going down to Lamplight City to get encased in mech this and more on episode 159 of Indie Game Riot.
1: Indie Game Riot! Hey everybody, I am Josh, and we are back with episode 159 of Indie Game Ride, joined once again by Ian McKammon.
0: That's me.
1: That's him. That's me. That's that guy over there. This guy. The one with two thumbs. It turns out you're missing a thumb. Yeah, that was, and that then I just feel bad for the rest I'd of
0: it. I'd get really indignant, and it would be really awkward. <laughs> be
1: As you can see, he has uh, a couch behind him don't be fooled though it's like that hotel in North Korea it's just set up to look nice but when you look for, oh. if you look at the wider picture it, uh, it there's nothing there a lot
0: of laundry a lot of laundry That's he, really he awesome. also
1: starves his constituents just much like uh, Kim Jong-un
0: <laughs> my constituents being myself
1: <laughs> yeah who are we kidding If your girlfriend wouldn't let you do anything like that she's, yeah. if anyone's starving anyone she's like I'll starve you bitch that is, that is. true. <laughs> uh, so, how has uh, the past couple weeks been? Because we did, we did miss last week. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I'm sure you were you were busy. Uh, it
0: was Thanksgiving here last week. The fuck? Yeah, Thanksgiving.
1: I didn't even know Canadians had a Thanksgiving. They do, and
0: it's it's in October. W-
1: what Native Americans a day uh, mass wipeout? I mean, the ones that lived here. The the French, so so it's like the French, French Canadian version of kill Native Americans. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, no joke. I mean, they were they were uh, not. Uh, they, they, there's actually quite a bit of national pride around the fact that they were more humane than the United States was, yeah. um, but still horrifyingly brutal. You know, <laughs> you know, crime level. Uh, so yeah, so that was um, that was fun. Definitely, I was I was at the grocery store actually purchasing uh, stuff See, for there, the meal. When there, I was like, "Holy shit, my fucking the podcast!" and I texted you, and I was like, "So there's no document, right? So we're not yeah, on." I,
1: I was uh, I was busy with a lot of stuff, uh, and then in the process of getting sick. So I like the idea though that they're they're like we we're more humane. It's just that their smallpox blankets came with apology notes.
0: Right. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, we're well, we're gonna need this land.
0: Oh man. <laughs> uh, dark, dark. There's a dark way to start the episode. Right. Welcome there. to Indie
1: Game Riot. <laughs> We've alienated Canadians, Native <laughs> Americans, and uh, polite people.
0: There <laughs> you. <laughs> we don't need them. We're gamers. We live in a society
1: <laughs> of impoliteness.
0: Impoliteness.
1: Um. There's, did you see that video? of uh, like two guys just screaming at each other from across like a, a, a river or a lake or something like that. I should not. They're, it's fuck. I don't know, it makes me laugh so hard, because it's like, someone posted, I don't think it was an, initially supposed to be that, but I saw it because someone posted it as a meme uh, about how gamers act to each other, like inside <laughs> of the game, and they're just like, some guys like across the, the, the water, just like, hey, the guy's like, what? And the other guy's Fuck you! just out of no reason, and they just go on like "fuck you" the whole time. Is...
0: one of my favorite memes of all time. In a, in a similar vein is uh, is is the pie chart, right? And it's people who have sex with my mom, <laughs> and then the tiny little sliver is my dad, and then the rest of it is like people I play online games against. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
1: Yeah, <laughs> gaming culture. What a what a magnificent beast. Uh, so we I need mean,
0: massively single player gaming. That's
1: what. That's what massively. I'm into, man. I know it's not. I know it's not an indie game, but man, I've been playing the shit out of Spider-Man. That shit's fun.
0: Josh, you are not allowed to play A games. What are you doing? <laughs> I
1: I will receive my my 12 lashes.
0: I have heard that that Spider-Man is absolutely, stunningly incredible, though. It's fantastically fun.
1: I have never played a game that has not made me bored of, like, the side quests. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times, side quests are fun, but then they get repetitive. Like, Far Cry is, like, notorious for that. Like, okay, it's the same thing over and over, just all over the map, different ways. Uh, But this, I mean, it's the same thing, but first of all, the thing that helps it is that just the fucking parkour and the swinging from the webs is fun? I've heard itself. the
0: swinging mechanic is is done it's absolutely excellent. Great,
1: uh, but then but then half of the side quests aren't even like some of them are collectible like side quests, but they're they're like fun to get to, they're yeah. fun to collect uh, because of the whole parkour and the web swing swinging and stuff like that. But then the other half of the quests are like unique quests in themselves. So there's like a there's a side quest where you have to help um uh, what's his name Harry. Uh, Peter's friend who turns into the Green Goblin or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, you have to help him, uh, like, work these experiments because he has like research stations set up all over New York. So he has to like prove their worth to his father in order to keep them open. Uh, and to do that, you know, you go to these research stations, and each one has their own individual quest, different mechanics and stuff like that. So it's not that's even like competitive at all, and that's a side quest.
0: That's um, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's great. Anyway enough of triple a trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I've been sick this past week. So, um, I'm actually just today, like right before I came back from, from, uh, my weekend job, my, my, uh, I don't know if I ever said that, but, uh, I'm like working a, <coughs> a, uh, what's the word a supplemental income type job for the weekend. Um, Right before I was about to leave, I started to finally like come down off of that like I'm gonna die feeling. Nice from being sick. And by the way, kids are disgusting. I blame them every single time I get sick.
0: I think it's safe it's safe to say that they're responsible. Yeah.
1: Uh and I made them I made them feel guilty about it too. Don't you, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, daddy? It's like this is your fault. You did this to me. <laughs> Snot just f- f- going down my face, <laughs> crust in my eyes like that close up like a sponge. Bo- you know, like in SpongeBob, they do those nasty close ups of random Stimpy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, vivid,
1: Yeah. Uh, so that was fun, and uh, that and, and then the schedules got changed, and I've been working a lot of VO stuff and and that sort of thing. So, uh, sure. but you know, we're here. And uh, I think by this time, those of you who, who, who watch the show uh, consistently know that uh, the show is not super incredibly consistent. I mean, we don't usually go huge swaths of time off. But, uh, you know, things get in the way, things get in the way is how it goes. So, yeah. Uh, you know what's a good way to get over a cold...
0: Well, uh, typically you would go to the doctor and receive some sort of injection.
1: I suggest, 9 out of 10 doctors suggest, an Indie News Injection. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an Indie News Injection. Thanks, Indie Games. This week on Indie News Injection, we have one bit of news, uh, because apparently, news is pretty slow. I mean, if you find news out there, you're like, you guys missed this story. You should have sent it to us. I blame you. Uh, but that said, we only have the one. And it's not, I'm not even hundred percent sure if it's indie because, uh, it's about obsidian entertainment. Um, and the reason that they're kind of borderline to us is because, uh, outside of like contracting for things like fallout new Vegas and whatnot, they do develop their own thing. Like, uh, divinity, original sin and divinity, original sin 2, which was fucking amazing. Um, should have yeah, won game Obsidian? of the
0: year. I thought those were Larian.
1: No, that was Obsidian, my friend. Oh. I mean, now you have me second doubting myself. Yeah, that was Obsidian.
0: That's interesting, because um, uh, Divinity is originally a, a Larian. Uh...
1: You might be thinking of uh, like the other Divinity games, not not Original Sin ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's the same the same world.
1: Yeah. But I, but yeah, they, but they specifically did the good ones. <laughs> uh, so that's the reason I bring them up is because they do occasionally do these indie projects, uh, such as uh, such as uh, original sin. So, um, but the the news anyway I haven't even mentioned yet is that Microsoft is uh, very close to buying Obsidian Entertainment. Apparently, they are about. The deal is about 90% complete so it's really just a you know when it's gonna happen uh, when they when they reach that last 10% of completion I guess. Um, so you know another another entity that Microsoft is absorbing apparently. Um, how do you feel about Microsoft taking up all these like smaller companies?
0: Um, I mean, honestly, with a company like Obsidian, it's whatever for, for me. It's whatever keeps them in business. Um, you know, Obsidian is is. I mean, they might uh, they might be my favorite uh, my favorite game company. Um, they're certainly the one that I'd be most interested in working for if I were to enter uh, like a larger a larger company sphere. Um, right. I mean, they are they are. I mean. Uh, you know, uh, they are the old Black Isle crew, basically. Half of them, right? The other half is, I guess, in exile. Where it was Troika Games is now in exile. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, a lot of those guys are, are the guys who worked on the original Fallout. And then they, they you know, when Interplay, sort of, or Black Isle sort of fell apart. And uh, they regrouped. And they did what? They did, uh, you know, KOTOR 2. Uh, you know, yeah. at the behest of BioWare. Um, Natural I mean, Republic,
1: New Vegas. New Vegas, um, they're probably the, Vegas the best
0: of the of the. I mean, New Vegas, New Vegas, is easily, easily Wait. the best. Oh area.
1: shit! No, no, no. I I totally got confused. So apparently, probably people are now in the comments like yelling at me now. It was not Divinity. It was not Divinity. I got it completely confused. It was Pillars of Eternity.
0: Pillars right. of Eternity. Of, yes, that's that's definitely a Pillars of Eternity
1: rich. and Pillars of Eternity. It It is not Divinity. You're right. I apologize, everyone. Put down your pitchforks. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to be crucified today. Um, so, yeah, it was Pillars of Returning and Pillars of Returning 2. Uh, now, the, I mentioned about Microsoft buying up, because, I mean, obviously they bought uh, Mojang years ago now, um, and that was, like, the biggest, like, indie deal of the fucking ever. Um, they also recently bought... Uh, where was it I was looking at? They bought uh, Ninja Theory... Which right. made Hellblade, Hellblade, um, and they also bought Playground, which does the Forza games. I believe would not I wouldn't say they're <laughs> indie, but you know Forza, uh, it's still a pretty big, uh, a pretty big buy. Yeah, um, I
0: mean, yep. it's clear that that Microsoft, uh, you know, has particular interest in you know if they if, yeah if if not indie then certainly at least uh, orphan or like. You know, little eye-independent companies who have made their bones as, you know, uh, powerhouses that can move products.
1: From what, uh, apparently they told Kotaku this, because I'm reading from a PC Gamer article, but this was originally a Kotaku thing. Um, They told them that they're really just looking to expand their PC audience. And these are all very... well known on PC markets, I think. Yeah. I think Hellblade and Four is obviously. I think they came out on consoles, but um, you know, mostly mostly PC audience there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that that kind of puts into question. Uh, apparently, there was a project Obsidian was working on for Take Two, uh, right? Which uh, wasn't a whole lot of details about, but no one knows what's going to happen now that uh, once this hap- uh, once the purchase happens.
0: I mean, this is the fascinating thing about Obsidian as as well. And and like if there there ever was a testament for the fact that one can work with big name publishers and remain independent, uh, it would be Obsidian would be the case. Um, Obviously, they weren't purchased uh, prior to this, but they worked with obviously published, uh, you know, their fallout game under ZeniMax, who owned the, the property. Uh, also, you know, published pillars of eternity games were, were under paradox, I believe, at least the first one was, if not the second one, um, you know, partnered with take two, uh, to, to release. So, so they, they sort of had this, um, you know, developer for hire thing going on where they would, uh, you know, develop these projects internally uh, or whatever. And then, uh, Release them through part, you know, strategic
1: partnerships. So yeah, um, but anyway. I hope they maintain <laughs> uh,
0: creative control. That's that's the most important thing. Cause they got really creative I, guys. I
1: to be perfectly honest, I mean, maybe people uh, disagree with me, but I, I was worried what they were going to do with Minecraft and all that. Uh, I haven't been really disappointed. I mean, to be honest, I haven't played Minecraft nearly as much as I used to, but. Uh, I haven't really been disappointed with the updates they've they brought yes. out for Minecraft. So maybe maybe it'll be all right. I don't know. And that's saying a lot because I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of a big Microsoft hater when it comes to their various properties like Skype. <laughs> when they bought Skype, Sorry. they fucking ruined it. Um but I don't know. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Well,
0: it's like, you know, Fox News is not that much Ugh. fun, but um, you know, 20th Century Fox does release a lot of good movies. So,
1: you know what's weird about that? There's was a little bit of a tangent here, but Fox, like, is, is known to be a conservative, like, a very conservative company, right? Uh, especially Fox News.
0: Yeah, self so <laughs> admittedly, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and yet, the TV shows that they put on their channels are very, very progressive. I mean, they had Glee for God's sakes. It's weird. Well, you know, I
0: mean, they know where the money's
1: at. I mean, yeah, I guess that's all they really care about. But it's, it's um, just, I don't know. If you're looking at, you know. It, it, if you're looking, uh, anyway, that's not even a part of the show. I'm not going to go there. Never mind.
0: It, 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 <laughs> it's fascinating. There's, there's definitely plenty of resources out there, I'm sure, that could illuminate the business strategies of the Murdoch family.
1: <laughs> uh, well, speaking of business strategies, <laughs> uh, I don't know how that ties into this. But anyway, uh, if you want a good business strategy, You might want to listen to to, to Ian uh, take that dev delve this week. Uh, He's talking about, he has a hot take uh, on uh, the fact that there's no story in video games. Why don't you explain yourself, you hooligan? Oh, is it it that
0: time? Is it that time already? Yeah. Okay. So, let me me preface this by saying, first of all, that I, I consider myself first and foremost to be a narrative designer. I am attracted to games because of narrative potential. Uh, I have written for educational and entertainment games. Um, So when I say uh, that there is no story in video games, I'm speaking in a very specific way. And uh, this is an idea that I uh, honestly, a few weeks ago, probably would not have put in these terms. Um, so by way of introducing this concept I want to talk a little bit about uh, a teacher that I have right now a guy named Brad Furbinger. Um Brad has worked uh, worked for, for many years with Silicon Knights um, most notably was a lead uh, designer on um, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem um, left uh, during the early days of the development of Two Human, and managed to avoid um, the subsequent lawsuit with Epic, um, and uh, now does does consulting and, and has done uh, you know, numerous other other uh, development projects all over the place in all sorts of different genres. And um, I missed the first week of of class, but I have it on good authority that uh, Brad walked into class. He wrote there is no story in video games on the board and walked out of the room, stood outside and listened to the class destroy each other. (laughs) Um, It's a mantra that he repeats again and again, basically every class he says it at least seven times. Like uh, there is no story in video games. There is no story in video games. This is ironic to me, considering that Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem was a story-driven game. Many of the games that he has worked on have been story-driven games. Um, it's taken me a long time to sort of penetrate this 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 concept, but having discussed it with some of my colleagues, I I, I now recognize it, and I think I think for what it is. And and so I, I want to sort of try to illuminate uh, why Brad is right that uh, there is no story in video games, at least as far uh as uh level design at its very core is concerned um there are two angles for this really the first one is that uh to say that there is no story in video games doesn't necessarily mean that there is no narrative in video games what it means is that narrative effective narrative in games relies on different structure uh than a, a more traditional storytelling medium um this is not a revolutionary concept. Ken Levine had a Gama Sutra article where he talked about narrative Legos, right? And how uh, there's like a sort of more authentic game storytelling uh, or game narrative approach in a real-time strategy game that provides these like emergent moments, um, you know, or simulation game than there is in like a linear, uh, like exposition-based narrative experience. Um, and I think that that's really compelling. Uh, because it it means that that you know, and there are exceptions. Obviously, Hideo Kojima, celebrated game designer, literally, you know, probably fifty to you know fifty percent of a given Metal Gear game is exposition. <coughs> uh, it's just cutscene. It's a cutscene. It's it's a forty five minute cutscene. It's an hour and ten minute cutscene. As
1: you it's, discovered.
0: Yeah. Holy shit.
1: So so um, let me let me let me jump in right here and, yeah. and kind of like. Uh, do real-time hypothesis hi- I, Sorry, I can't speak um, Hypothesis hypothesize I shall hypoth- hypothesize um, that the argument here of uh, Of a game not having story in it is that those cutscenes of narrative are Technically cinematic.
0: Yep, and they're the not actually the game. Yes. That is absolutely, I think you're, you're, you're right on the money here. See, when Brad says there is no story in video games, he's coming at it from the perspective of a level designer. That's what he is. That's the class he's teaching is.
1: Now, I have a counter-argument to that, and that's <clears throat> a game like Dark Souls, where the cinematics are few and far between, and the narrative comes from game mechanics and setting mm-hmm. as you're traveling through, uh, you know, very subtly things that you pick up, things that you see in the background, that sort of stuff.
0: Absolutely. Uh, (coughs) I think you're absolutely right. And interestingly, Brad really loves Dark Souls. Um, He thinks thinks it's a very good game uh, and he thinks it's very clever in how it takes the the, the player on a journey in a really particular way and how it teaches you how to play the game and how that gameplay ties into themes uh, of, you know, coming up against this, like, you know the inevitable entropic decay of the universe, and and confronting it even through this eternal return, and 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 so on and so forth, mm-hmm. um, and that's why there is no story in video games is like most assuredly a hot take. It is a it is a concept that is phrased in order to be provocative, um, but what you are already sort of latching onto. Um, is something that I think uh, more developers, especially in the indie sphere, uh, could latch onto. Sure, there are a lot of people who have already picked up on this, but certainly I've experienced in teams that I've worked with um, an inversion of the appropriate chain of command. And what I mean by that is, what you see so much is you have a, a person they 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 want to be a game designer, and they bring on a writer, and they say, all right, you're a writer, tell me what the story is. Tell me what the game is that I'm supposed to design, because it's all about putting story first. Um, That's, I I don't think that that, I don't know, I don't think, I've not seen that be an effective way to uh, to produce a game. That's sort of an effective way to write a story, Um, but translating that story directly into game mechanics, it's, it's, it's it's almost backwards um what i've learned over the last uh you know month or so just as the foundational element of of this game design these game design lessons that i'm learning is that gameplay always takes priority it always has to take priority um that that if a story is if a compelling and effectively communicated story is going to emerge in a gameplay or narrative is going to emerge uh, from a game. It's going to happen on the basis and foundation of its gameplay. Um, and that ha- that is true independently of whether or not uh, you're going a heavy exposition or, or like, you know, uh, Kojima or a non-heavy exposition like Dark Souls where everything is sort of passively conveyed. It's the same principle. And it's one of the main reasons why Uh, Bioshock 1 is better than Bioshock Infinite uh, because Bioshock 1 takes its shooter mechanics and extrapolates them compellingly in a story that makes you question your agency directly whereas Bioshock Infinite has a like crazy mindfuck story uh, but offers you uh, choices that are not actually contextualized in the narrative in any meaningful way, notably the "Do you throw I, the baseball at the interracial couple or not?" This gripe is
1: this grape is probably less narrative and more more gameplay mechanics. So I th- but I feel like <clears throat> looking back, as great as Bioshock One was, I feel like it, it relied on on um, uh, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, when you uh, when you have something like cuz the new thing was like the dual wielding of like your powers and a gun right right uh what Why? why uh kit Kitsch. no uh, what am i thinking of here novelty is what i'm thinking of. right yeah yeah, it's, yeah they were relying on the novelty of that new idea not not super new it wasn't like super original but it was like the first time in a long time that someone had <clears throat> created a game like that that was really good mm mm-hmm. And I think Infinite had because it's already been done and there's other people that kinda of jumped on it a little bit that they still had the mechanic but they moved away from focusing so much on that.
0: They did. And and they, they, I thought they, it made it better. It. Oh, you thought you thought it made it better.
1: Yeah. I thought Infinite was better.
0: Interesting. Uh, Interesting. But that well, but
1: again that's probably that's not so much a narrative thing as what we're focusing on uh that, that's, that,
0: well, you and i you, maybe you and i can can have a fight on that at some <laughs> point because i i uh, i'm not a fan of infinite uh
1: oh, yeah, i enjoyed Infinite. for them. Uh,
0: that being said i also i, I chose uh i chose bioshock because it was an easy one for me to to uh you know make an example out of um and the crucial thing for me has has to do with uh Uh, not not because I do I I think you're right there's a novelty to those mechanics and they did focus on them to a certain extent although interestingly I think that's where the choice in gameplay does exist in in the first one at least limited obviously to the confines of the various puzzles that you have to solve but um, it gives you some agency to figure out how to solve those puzzles. but what's what's the the interesting part of Bioshock 1 is uh, you know would you kindly would you kindly this game would you kindly play it as a shooter would you kindly go from level to level to but, level
1: but was that but was that the problem the other problem I had with that was I mean maybe it was just me but it seemed a little predictable I saw that coming
0: well that's good I guess for you I guess you're super I think that widely threw people for a loop I think it's also something that like uh, even if you did spot it um, I think I, I I'm not sure that any game had tackled it head on quite that way. Just because
1: here here like just to take you through my my uh, train of thought as I was playing that game for the first time, getting towards the end, <coughs> was that okay? There's no major. They have not revealed a, a like a direct major. Uh, Uh, opponent to you right like there was no you had the you had the i forget what they're called the the crazy people (coughs) that that were your that were your enemies but they weren't like the 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 major villain of of the game right so and you had this these lore pieces that were kind of like trying to shade you towards these other people that were assholes or whatever but there was no one that had been revealed and when that happens and this happens in movies a lot more often uh my thought was like okay well that means that there's going to be a twist somewhere here and the obvious twist is that the guy that you thought was your friend all along is going to turn against you because that's actually pretty cliche when you think about it in just general entertainment uh, which is how I saw that coming I was like okay now I didn't see I did not see the words of would you kindly being specifically
0: I think that that is I think I think you're right. Ultimately, you know, betrayal is is hackneyed. But the the interesting point in, in in Bioshock's narrative is the idea that the very act of playing the game is it is not is not your own agency. You are being led forward always, and this is true in any you know, any game, you're constantly being led forward by this obscured uh, like puppet master, who's like manipulating your drive, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I think that that was that that was really clever. Um, and it's 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 a great way of of looking at like how the structure of the game becomes the foundation of the narrative, as opposed to a story being the foundation of uh, the gameplay. And I think that you know a, another great example. Maybe this will be more. Universally applicable, and uh, you know your incredible eagle eyes for <laughs> plot twists will will not will not foil my <laughs> to make a point this time. Um, but what uh, the Amnesia games? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody thinks, or, or many people think, of Frictional as being like a story driven, uh, you know, game company, and that that's what makes them special. Um, but I remember when Amnesia came out. And what was significant about Amnesia was not its story; it was its mechanics. It was mm-hmm. the low combat, stealth, the monsters that you couldn't confront directly. Uh, that blew everybody's mind. And and at the end of the day, the uh, the story is a fairly hackneyed uh, sort of Poe well, or if you a want story stories. from
1: them, Soma is where to go.
0: So and Soma is a very interesting uh, you know case. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to uh, contrast. Um,
1: real quick because uh, we have yeah. something in chat here uh vance uh was saying in chat that uh, like uh, a game like lamb light city on about etc those games literally have nothing to them besides story uh there's even less gameplay than in more traditional adventure games That's uh, very interesting. so he's pointing to them as as uh narrative games that to to i guess go against the fact that there is no story in games
0: Right. Well, I mean, look again. Again, you know, just to, just to be clear, the, uh, the the title of this dev delve is hot take. There is no story in video games. Um,
1: send all hate mail Ian at So right you can account. send
0: send the hate mail right here. So so, um, but I think I think that what Vance is pointing out is is really uh, is really interesting. Uh, that that the story uh, in in those games comes at a certain cost, and that that cost is exacted in gameplay. Um, so this is you, not necessarily a bad thing. I love point-and-click adventure games. I have absolutely zero doubt in my mind to, that I will adore Land To put still. it in a
1: like, more simple... To put it more simplistically, and, and also as a, another example is like Walking Sims like uh, Aether 1 and and um, right. uh, Gone Home is that th- it seems like what you're saying is that the more story there is... Inherently, there will be less gameplay. To,
0: to some extent, uh, I would I would I would contrast Aether One. Um, we talked we talked a little bit about this uh, on the last episode. Um, the way that they use their pickup items and store items uh, in your hub world to simulate uh, like a, a an experiment a, an experience of dementia. That is a great example of the kind of narrative that a, that an interactive experience can do, that a a, a uh, you know movie or a novel can't do because it's based on a on a gameplay mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, another good one, uh, just taken in isolation, not as part of a, a larger gameplay experience, would be petting animals in Far Cry Primal. Um, you know, it's it's an entirely mechanics based thing, but people on YouTube lost their fucking shit over it. It has no benefit in the game, as far as and I you're know. You can do it in
1: Far Cry Five, technically, with the pets.
0: Oh, there you yeah, go. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So so I I didn't know that 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 had carried over. Yeah, they, um, they
1: got the dog. Like they're your your sidekick companions uh, that you can choose from. Uh, if you don't want the people, you got a dog. You have a, a, a fucking mountain lion i think it is and uh and a a bear that's interesting you can pet them all and then actually if you pass out your your companions can revive you and if you have them as your companion they actually come over and like nuzzle you or lick you in the face
0: oh that's awesome that's right it sort of revives one of my favorite mechanics from far cry 2 where you had your like best buddy who could like give you an extra life if you like fell Mm -hmm. in battle um but but what you were saying about walking simulators is is interesting as well because to get back to amnesia and the dark descent having its gameplay its its stealth horror gameplay as its crux um, and then the story uh, ultimately just just it being a, a relatively cliched sort of Lovecraftian or or Edgar Allan Poe type uh, gothic horror story um, you then have the Chinese room. Creators of Dear Esther come along, do the sequel. I would argue that the sequel has a has a more original and uh, more compelling story. Uh, but interestingly enough, they stripped out a huge amount of the compelling gameplay, and people c- noticed, and they didn't like it as much. Um, you know, all of a sudden, your 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 like light management uh, with the oil lamps is gone, and it made sense in the world because electricity was a thing in the second game, and uh, but it removed a certain element. You're talking
1: about you're talking about a machine for pigs. Machine for
0: pigs, okay. yeah. And the the it was more linear in its level design and 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 things like yeah, that. I wasn't like a huge that. fan either. Um, again, I I, I it was much have, more
1: walking sim. It was like a haunted house more so than it was than Amnesia: Dark Descent. Um,
0: and it had a crazy, sophisticated, like you know, sci-fi horror storyline about time travel and Mayan ruins and predicting the atomic bomb and all of these fucking crazy things, sacrificing your children well, to, got like to save incredibly the war. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was much more, I, I, I feel like it was much more novel-like, because, uh, of course, What's-His-Face from um, uh, Chinese Room is is like a prose writer by by trade. Um, you know, and, and so it makes sense. Um, what he is not by trade, evidently, is is a game designer. Um you know, he's much more of a storyteller. Um, so, you know, uh, the, the the point here, uh, you know, really is that... that Again, you know, again, acknowledging that, that there are great interactive experiences that can be had that focus really, really heavily on uh, storytelling. And there there have been fantastic visual novels or interactive picture books, things like that, hidden object games, point-and-click adventure games, etc. But the reason that Brad Furminger attempts to bombard his students with this idea that there is no story in video games, despite the fact that he has worked on a lead designer in story-heavy video games, um, is because he is, at his heart, a, a, a... I would say a, a game design purist, who believes that the strength of, uh, you know, games capacity for conveying narrative is through their mechanics first. Um, and what's interesting, what what really, honestly what brought me around to this idea uh, and, and led me to sort of stop hysterically reacting against it, uh, was that. Uh, Brad's arch nemesis, my narrative design professor, uh, <laughs> Nick Packwood, uh, um, also uh, decent resume, has worked for Epic and and, and stuff like that. Um, says that he's right to a certain extent, um, and and by way of example, uh, you know, uses uh, The Last of Us, right, um, which which is a a movie uh, with a. Third-person shooting gallery attached to it, mm-hmm. um, which has been acknowledged even by people who love the game. Yeah, um, th-
1: I mean that's really what it is—is is just a, a beautiful interactive uh, cutscene with with shooting mechanics, you know, interspersed throughout the right throughout the game. So um,
0: Naughty Dog kind of has that problem. We don't really talk about that much. Well, Uncharted they're, they're definitely... is like
1: notorious for. For that sort of stuff, like as far as like the, the cinematics and you know, you talk about like Kojima with his with his thing, and you know, <laughs> they do the same thing in like Uncharted. Yeah, you know, it is true. Just, yeah. just less Japanese dr- drama <laughs> is what it comes down to.
0: So let me save my ass before we wrap up here and just say this: like, do not, you know, for God's sake, do not stop trying to convey narrative or tell stories, uh, you know, with games, um, but. Uh, you know, as developers, you know, I do think I do think that it is. Uh, we should not forget that, that the power of, of of games is their gameplay. Um,
1: I, I I'd like to add to that, though, and say that yeah. it depends on what you're trying to convey. Absolutely. So, for instance, uh, I'm a big fan. It was one of the first games we ever talked about on the show. I'm a big fan of a game called Popo and Yo. It's by. I have uh, in my
0: Steam library. Have not played yet. It
1: is a fantastic game. Very, very narrative. Very, very symbolic. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of metaphor involved in symbolism. So it's uh, and and therefore, like you said, there's gameplay mechanics mostly platformer and some puzzles, um, but really you're just it's very uh, it's very metaphysical feeling. Mm-hmm. Um like in, you're going inside of this kid's mind because to long story short, you know, the kid's dealing with uh, abuse for various reasons. and the game is basically taking place in his mind from his point of view. So it's right. very symbolic in that way. Um, and because of that, a lot of it's like the gameplay isn't hard. It's just a way to get from point A to point B in a way to symbolize something that's going on in his head. Right, right. So, and therefore, that takes away, like you said, from those mechanics. However, would they have been able to convey such a powerful message had they tried to add more uh, mechanics and trying sure. to gone that way that you mentioned, like with uh, making sure that the gameplay was there, you know, making it difficult and making it more of a, quote, game? I
0: right. don't
1: think so. I think the way they did it was great.
0: And this, I think, that's an excellent point. And and I, you know, I don't want to come off as saying, oh well, you need to have, you know, at least three mechanics in your game, otherwise it's not a real game. Um, that's stupid. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, a game, a game's gameplay can be as simple or sophisticated as, it, as as it needs to be. So perhaps a better way to sort of think about this is as we're looking at games that we that we love and whose, uh, you know, stories we we really admire. Um, you know may you know perhaps uh you know a good exercise as developers would be to say okay well why why did this did this game have to be a game what what is it about this game that wouldn't make it work if it were a novel or a uh, or a movie because we know we know how immersion adaptations of, of video games work yeah yeah exactly but uh but like specifically, like look at a look at a story, look at something like Papo and Yo, and say what is it about the interactivity uh, that makes this this uh, you know special? Um, and and vice versa. What is it about you know your 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 least favorite you know uh, licensed like film adaptation uh, you know video game that like <laughs> makes it not work right? Why why does the, why is part of that experience lost? Assassin's Creed was the most
1: boring game? fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, how it do it you was, take a game?
0: Because like I mean, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe like the Phantom Menace or something like as like shitty shitty video games derived from movies hey Man,
1: pod racing was fun
0: that was an but yeah well there you go and why did pod racing have to be a game because i didn't give a shit about all the movie. wanted to be in yeah. the pod race yep
1: uh yeah so that was so-
0: my hot take um yeah yeah obviously i'm a narrative designer so please don't don't take this as calling for uh you know, some sort of oh, like we don't need any story or emotion in our video games. I only want Tetris clones from yeah, here on. Yeah, if you're gonna
1: on. make a gun, if you're gonna make a gun, a gun, uh, gun, home mask game, go for it. Just don't fucking lie about it like they did. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> my that's my only. Resource. You're still bitter
0: about that, aren't you? I will be
1: <laughs> forever. I don't care how popular. I, even if they go into indie game hall of fame, God I don't damn care. I'll player. be there. I'll be there announcing their fucking. Yeah, and uh this year Gone Home is intro- int- inducted into the in the game Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Fuck you guys for lying. And have Full a good bright night. Right, mean my fucking ass. <laughs> Just <laughs> grumbling the whole way off stage. But uh you know uh, you know a good way to express your feelings about uh things like that.
0: It's to start a fucking riot.
1: That's right. Uh-huh. This week on Starting the right, we're talking about uh, a game that's been out for a little while now, but I've been wanting to talk about it forever. I just hadn't had the chance between a lot of other games and schedules and me getting sick and Ian going to Canada and all that sorts of stuff. But anyway, uh, we have Lamplight City by Grundeslav Games. Uh, and for those of you who are like Grundeslav, that sounds familiar. That's because we covered uh, a while back Shard Light. Uh, which was actually published by Wajidai back when he was doing a, He was part of... I, I, was he actually part of Wajidai, or was he just... So no, published?
0: only... As far as I know, Wajidai's only full-time employees, aside from the uh, Gilbert. Dave Gilbert and his wife, is uh, Ben Chandler, who is their, their resident pixel artist. Um, but Francisco Gonzalez has been in their uh, sort of sphere... From way back. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he, he he's like a staple of the uh, of the AGS community and did playtesting, I think, on um, uh, all the Blackwell games and possibly the Shiva as well. Um, he, it's almost like you can't make uh, an AGS studio game without getting Francisco Gonzalez to playtest
1: it. <laughs> but uh, but for whatever reason, after Shardlight came out, he was in the process of making this game, and uh, decided to split up with them for whatever reason. Um, haven't pressed them on it. It's not really our business, and we're not fucking Kotaku, so uh, don't ask us to ask him. But <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to demand that he describe in I, detail to Indie Game Riot what the creative differences between unless, he and Dave Gilbert were.
1: Unless Francisco sees this uh, at some point and, is like, and wants to tell us, that's fine. But I'm not going to press him on. Um, because who knows maybe there was some drama and it's just not our business anyway I point is, <laughs> Lamplight City by Grunslov Game is now out and uh, this has been a fantastic year I must say for adventure games between things like Unavowed and Lamplight and, and uh, you know just stuff just really creative nice uh, new takes on, on adventure games point and clicks and stuff like that so uh, in this game you play a guy who uh, was a police detective in has became a private investigator as ex detectives are wont to do, um, and you are uh, well investigating. <laughs> just trying to think of a different word for that, but you're investigating um, a mystery. I'll just say I'm trying not to spoil too much for uh, throughout <laughs> this city. Um, the cool thing is that as you're doing this, is uh, is. I, I don't think there's necessarily um, different endings. I'm not. I don't think. Uh, and Vance and Chat can correct me since he's actually finished the game. I have not finished it yet. But <clears throat> don't spoil it. Like I said. <laughs> um, but the the choices that you make as while you're investigating will uh, affect people's uh, the way people talk to you. That you know the way they see you and stuff like that. Um, so you know you could follow the law or you could take matters into your own hands right uh because you're a loose cannon with nothing to lose uh so you know either or might make someone look uh, negatively at you um there's actually different uh five cases to solve a bunch of different suspects there's a whole whodunit thing aspect to it It kind of uh kind of reminds me of a a l.a noir-ish mechanic not as not as uh, uh, intense as LA noir, obviously, but um, it's kind of have that thing where you where you have to you know figure out the stuff on your own. And uh, the, oh, and they also he also made like his stuff actually reminds me a lot of um, Sierra games and its aesthetic. Like if you look at some of the screenshots on his uh, website, there's uh, like there's one of him um, in this room looking at this like fallen angel statue. Uh, I believe it's like a mausoleum or something like that and it's actually looking through like a busted hole in the wall so like around the outside the edge of the screen you know there's you're like it's like you know there's like the the stone brick or whatever of the mausoleum and it's like you're looking from the outside into the mausoleum at the character which reminds me a lot of Sierra like I think it did that with the uh... (coughs) excuse me Um, with the labyrinth I believe. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It has a, uh, definitely has a, a sort of King's Quest six or, uh, Gabriel Knight, uh, look to it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so it, it reminds me, it seems like it takes a lot from Sierra, in my opinion. That said, he doesn't make it crazy, uh, with, first of all, he's always been really good with, uh, by him, I mean, uh, Francisco Gonzalez, who, who uh, made this game, or his own, or of Gunderslove Games. Um, of simplifying it and also making it logical so uh, the puzzles like in shard light were very logical and and as are the ones in Lamplight. but he simplifies this with a, a single click interface so he doesn't use inventory so you get the, your clues you get your items your things like that and anytime that you're interacting with something that would require an item your cursive um, your cursor Automatically switches over to what you need as long as you have it with you, right? As long as you've already discovered that particular thing, right? So, um, and then of course, the uh, I mentioned the aesthetic, not only is here, Sierra, but it's just always I love his pixel art, it's really, really good. He's he's actually, I, I don't believe he's naturally a pixel artist, but he's just he's worked very, very hard at it, and it turns out <coughs> it turns out great. Um, Graphics
0: look look absolutely stunning.
1: Super detailed pixel art uh, and and uh, smooth animations and everything like that. And then he makes some really nice uh, portrait art too. Um, when it, when you're talking about like in the uh, dialogue and stuff like that. Um, and then <clears throat> the set the background art too is great. It just really gives a good um, feel for the setting and, and absorbs you into the into the story. Uh, this kind of gives you like it's a bit of a. a Steampunkish to me, um, not so much like with like crazy like gas masked people wearing you know that sort of things, but there's a little bit of like zeppelins, hey, yeah, that sort of thing going on. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything else. Do you have any questions about it? Since you're, I'm sure you're going to want to play this as Yeah,
0: no, I mean, I mean, I, I, basically know what I'm looking at here. I, uh, I definitely, uh, definitely, but I would like to, to take a minute just to say that, that can we just acknowledge that point and click adventure games uh, that have like uh, they like are about to die and then have a miraculous revival like once every eighteen months.
1: Love yeah. Oh. Them. Oh. Yeah. The death of adventure games and everybody
0: says that they're about to die, and then some. Somehow they. 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 Uh, and and a lot of it is down to these these guys. These this this particular circle uh, of developers who are are, are uh, you know sort of. Orbiting Dave Gilbert, I guess more or less. I think, uh, and who are keeping these these old Sierra and and um, uh, Lucas design philosophies alive and and uh, expanding on them in really exciting ways.
1: I think that there was a point in time where I could have really, ha- I might have agreed with that sentiment, and that was probably in like the early two thousands, um, before indie games were really super. To a point, you know, where Steam hadn't really uh, influenced indie games the way it has, oh, yeah. like, making it, it so able to get it out. And and, and because of that, I would I would have agreed with that. Um, you know, you had like Xbox Live doing some things with like remakes and uh, stuff like that, but nothing like it is now. Now, when people say adventure games are dying, I'm like, you know, like <laughs> indies are like the indies indie industry as a whole is massive, right? Like. The, there's there's people that are just coming up with ideas left and right, as evident, like you said, of lamplight and and unavowed, and, and yeah. uh, even even Vance in, in the chat <coughs> with his absurdist comedy, um, uh, adventure games and things like that from completely different aesthetic altogether. It's, <laughs> excuse me, I my voice is scratchy. But uh, as long as people are, are innovating, it's not going to die. Or even yeah. even if they're not innovating necessarily, just making something good. Good narrative good art good music good, just good a yeah. good adventure game even if it's not new mechanics so i don't know you know i, I i'm not overall
0: right a um you yeah, know i'm not generally a, a big fan i don't consider myself like a mobile gamer um but i remember yeah i i think coming into the early 2010s you know um there was there was uh, an influx of uh, ports of like old adventure games, like uh, some of the Broken Sword games, were like ported to iOS, right? Um, and and uh, they they sort of found a home among these like other sort of casual uh, like hidden object games, um, and uh, and then yeah, now we like fast forward to to here, and it's a, it's an entire cottage industry I, again, like you said, you know, helped along by like Steam and and but all before, of this and
1: before, like I mentioned, the early two thousands. <laughs> point and click games then were basically like Flash games, you know right. like free Flash games online, and not that they were bad for what they were, but you know they're not like pulling in an audience like they are now yeah, yeah so sure. um, what was I going to say too, oh, I don't remember oh, uh, Vance in chat said that about multiple endings is that like, there's not really multiple endings, but you can fail miserably but there's there's also only one right ending, so it's it's uh, not like completely open but (coughs) you can just fuck up (laughs) there's that Uh, ah but it's something to aspire to you know as someone who and and Ian as well who's narrative director and and, uh, has been one to help me out and stuff like that um it's something to aspire to and and it's good to see uh motivation wise for people who are making (coughs) adventure games that uh, people are able to make them and, and continue to push them forward. <coughs> I apologize, God, it burns. Um, it's two
0: more games, man. Just gotta make it through two more games.
1: Anything else you have to say about Lamplight City?
0: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it as soon as I can.
1: Hot damn!
0: Yeah, bad unavowed uh, and, and uh, eventually, eventually, I'll finish um, the last. The last Wajidai game that I need to finish, which I, I can't remember which
1: one it is, and Unicorn Dungeon,
0: and Unicorn Dungeon. Yep, of course, that's newly wishlisted.
1: Uh, all right, well, that is Lamplight City. Great job once again, Francisco. Uh, I thank Francisco for doing such a great job. You know what he deserves.
0: Um, does he deserve a, a little a little peep a little peep?
1: Oh yeah, he deserves a peep show.
0: Please give all your attention to early access.
1: This week on Peep Show, we're talking about Encased. Now, Encased uh, is actually uh, currently in Kickstarter. With uh, At the time of this recording, ooh, someone just donated big time. I just saw the money go up uh, just now. Um, is currently on Kickstarter with 37 hours to go at the time of this recording. So by the time this actually comes out, you may not be able to do it. Which is why you should come to the live show. But, uh, it was really cool. And, uh, I, I, th- I wanted to show off anyway. Um, these guys are from St. Petersburg, Russia. So I'm sure they'll be hacking your elections. I'm just kidding. Don't hate me. Um, I'm sure you're fine people over there at Dark Crystal Games. The studio who's making, uh, encased... Um, they are actually, they have already met their, it's just went up again. They have already met their, uh, 99, this is an American dollars. Uh, 99, is it American? Yeah. 99,456 dollar goal. Uh, they're currently at one hundred eleven thousand one hundred seventy eight dollars. Uh, as it has just gone up with, uh, almost 2,700 backers. Um, so if you want to get on in on this, do it now. Um, so they're currently under stretch goals I think their next one is uh, looks like they're going to add a new quest of some sort or something like that they, they're calling it a Fallen Fortress stretch goal so maybe something added to the game uh, in the kickstart you can get anything anywhere from uh, for a little over a dollar US uh, is that rubles is that the Russian currency am I thinking yeah. of the right thing
0: I, I, think, I think you are
1: right uh for one of those, <laughs> uh, you get like digital postcards and wallpapers. You get your name and credits, um, and uh, and you get a, a thank you letter from the devs, which is cool. That's actually quite a bit because a lot of times you just get a straight up thank you from them, like on the Kickstarter page, and that's it. <laughs> um, uh, all the way up to I'm trying to see where the level is that you actually get the game. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. The inclusive digital. Aha. Uh, $21 would get you the actual digital copy of the game. Uh, including early access. So they are planning on going to early access by the way. Um, as well as, so with the $20 you get the game, you get some uh, Kickstarter exclusive in-game digital item to be chosen by backers. You get a supporter badge on their forums and their Discord server. Um, you get access to a secret dev chats and discussions and then all the stuff from, the, uh, from earlier. Uh, All the way up to. Try and get up there, Jesus! (laughs) Up, up, up! Are these out? No, no, they're not out. There we go. Uh, Some of them are gone. So the highest one available, if you want to donate or back nine thousand (laughs) eight hundred sixty-three dollars, you could. uh, You'll get uh says only four backers can become a faction leader so you get to claim 20 copies of the game all the digital stuff the life pass so i guess if they come out with any dlc and stuff like that uh, you get to design a non-generic npc plus you get a physical mask of the raider uh, which i always like that sort of stuff that physical stuff um, you get to meet the devs or even stream the game with them and you get an episode of a micro-story minigame entirely devoted to you. Which I'm not even 100% sure what that means. Like, are they making a cutscene for you that's about you? I don't know. Plus everything above, uh, if you go into the Kickstarter there. So, a lot of stuff that you can get if you are Richie Rich. rich. Um, Anyway, the game in itself is uh, tactical... Uh, turn-based, like, old-school isometric RPG, uh, in the vein of, again, like, the the earlier Fallouts and stuff like that, which actually says they are uh, inspired by the original Fallout, as well as a classic sci-fi novel called Roadside Picnic. Do you know that book?
0: I do know that book. That is the basis of the film and the games, uh, Stalker, uh, and also a heavy influence on the uh, Metro novels and games.
1: I know Metro. Uh, so that's that's where they're getting their inspiration from. Apparently that's a very influential book. I've never actually heard of it. Now I kind of want to read it. Uh, I
0: believe it's actually, a, as I recall, it's actually a short story. Oh. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. And uh, Yeah, fans of the Stalker games will, will will know it's its thrust pretty well.
1: If you get them to $210,000 in the next 30-whatever 30, 30 hours... Uh, they need a narrative voiceover maybe they'll hire me so do that <laughs> you, you, oof, there you go uh, I, I can do a narrative voice I know you can man
0: absolutely
1: I've been working that, on that that, one. that
0: that rich sultry uh,
1: I actually just timber, did an audition yeah. for a museum they where they needed like a, a BBC nature documentary voice. Oh, nice! And actually, you can hear that voice because I, I can't do it right now because my throat's killing me. But you can hear that voice in like uh, on my YouTube channel they ha- where we post these uh, the podcast. <clears throat> I have some voiceover stuff where I do like these skits of like you see. Have you seen those like written by a bot scripts? Yeah, yeah. You should. I think you showed me some of those. Oh, did you? Uh, okay, I, I did, did one yeah. recently for a Trump rally. <laughs> uh, but I the the. Uh, the narrator part of those is kind of like what I did for the out edition. Is what I was getting at. Anyway, the uh, the characters that you have are uh, you can uh, it's hard to breathe. Um, the characters you can like customize them, make them female, male. You can change their clothes. Uh, you can uh, upgrade their skills when you start out. All that sort of stuff. The classic uh, you know RPG start off. There's also a lot of choice uh, I think when it comes to dialogue. Uh, dialogue seems to be pretty heavy, excuse me. Um, seems to be pretty heavy uh, in this game, and as well as the uh, you know the switches between that and then the uh, overworld part of it, where you're uh, searching, exploring, and uh, combat as well. So uh, I mentioned the combat is tactical based, so there's actually a grid overlay with that. Um, action action points, cover system, that sort of stuff. I actually had talked to um, Ian about something like this uh, previously, so it looks <clears throat> they're kind of on the same wavelength that I had talked to you about, Ian. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whole thing, which is pretty cool. There's even an inventory management, I believe, uh, where it's kind of like that, like, you can only fit so much within a grid area. Kind of like, uh, you know, a la Resident Evil, as far as their inventory sorry, management goes. Sorry. Um the the enemies and creatures, like their character models are pretty cool. Uh at least the, the concept art they have for it. So they have like the standard like uh robots and stuff like that, but then they have like these intelligent space orangutans or something like that. Uh which is kind of interesting. I've never fought an orangutan, I don't think, in a in a game before. Uh I've always liked the idea of like factions and like you know, just like in Fallout where you can like raise your reputation or lower your reputation in certain factions. Yeah, yeah. Um there's of course a justice system in the game. So you can see where they're getting the fallout inspiration as well. Um where, you know, you commit crimes and then you get penalties to your reputation and uh you can also earn titles in the game. So like doing bad things will get you the title of like petty th- petty thief or enemy of the state and stuff like that. So uh, you can make the game interesting for yourself, depending on what you do. Which I always, I always love the idea of choice in games, uh, even if it's, uh, you know, just a, a figment of my immersion uh, imagination. That's what I'm trying to get. What That's I mean. all about
0: all about the effective illusion of choice. Yeah, yeah, illusion
1: is what I was trying to see. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's see.
0: Looks, I mean, it looks, even the, just this pre-alpha footage looks fucking incredible. Looks so good.
1: Apparently they All have right. some easter eggs too with like, I guess, devs that they look up to. So uh, Scott Ham, uh, I guess there's a, a model of Scott Ham in a game, uh, like an NPC or something like that, who worked on uh, Age of Decadence and Battle Brothers. Uh, oh no, he actually is in the development then. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a senior writer it's awesome Charlene Putney I believe is how you pronounce it Uh, let's see it says writer of games and books including DOS 2 and DOS E I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right I've never actually heard of that but she's going to write a short story for the backers uh, within the games universe Devin Doyle who wrote uh, for Divinity Original Sin 2 Uh, he so the okay they're they're actually part of the team I see what's going on now Um, It's pretty good pedigree. He's he's writing one of the story arcs for the game. Uh, Vasily Kashnikov, who uh, composed for Pathologic Two, Knock Knock, which is a very underrated game. Oh man, Uh, the Void and stuff like that will be producing the music for Encased. That's awesome. There you go. Uh, Are you excited? For this
0: yes I'm hugely excited I'm uh, I love uh, as I, I'm sure is matter of public record around here at this point I love isometric role-playing games love
1: them oh, breakfast, lunch and dinner one cool one cool mechanic I believe they have in the game is that they have like collectible baseball cards throughout the game so there's like crystal Sands, Ro- crystal sands rogues I guess is play are like a team that you you uh, that play for like the area that you're in in, in the game and I, I guess as a backer is a thing where you can actually get your own baseball card <sighs> and, uh, it's kind of cool that is cool yeah and you get your own like player portrait you can get drawn up in the game a lot of really cool cool rewards if you're uh, willing to back him for that much so again you don't have much time you should be listening live so if you're listening to the vibe, it's too late that's your fault <laughs> 37 hours to go. They are up to 111,255. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, do you you have anything else to say about uh, Encased? Uh, no,
0: I don't think so. Sounds awesome. I will probably buy it when it comes out of uh, early access.
1: Hot damn. Way to go. Uh, well, while you're waiting, you know what you could be playing? Uh, a mobile game? That's right, because it's time to go mobile. Oh. Huh? <gasps> this week on Going Mobile, we're talking about Meccarama. by, uh, hopefully I pronounced this right, <clears throat> Martin Magni or Magni or maybe it's might get a better name I'm just kidding <laughs> I mean, I'm curmudgeoning tonight all right. sorry <clears throat> Martin, <clears throat> Martin if you're
0: listening we at Indie Riot advise you to change your legal name to Martin Martin
1: <laughs> <laughs> help a For tiny our ro- benefit. help a tiny robot stumble home through 50 puzzling mechanical dioramas uh, relaxing gameplay charming robots collectible level cards and diorama maker and small install size for those of you who don't have space on your phones, like me. Uh, so it is a free game that uh, you know you can pay for when you're ready to. I, I believe he's, I think he's actually uh, installed like a pay what you want thing inside of the game. And if you do that, it'll get rid of any kind of. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if there's ads necessarily, but it's like, hey, just a reminder you can pay for this. <laughs> you like what you're playing sort of thing uh, but I was really drawn to this game because uh, the, 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 the dioramas that it comes up with are actually really nice to look at uh, it is a puzzle game as you as you uh, can see uh, you're trying to uh, basically get your robot from point A to point B you know through these dioramas um, trying to get them through you know over water or up a tower Different platforms and things like that. Um, the collectible level cards is just a plus. I, again, I love collecting things. I, I'm a hoarder at heart, I guess. <coughs> so, are
0: you uh, are you an achievements guy? Uh, gamer, Mr. Gamer, score?
1: Not really. I mean, I like. I, I don't mind getting achievements. Like, I'll go for it sometimes. But I'm not a completionist by any means. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know if I've ever completed a game other than maybe like The Walking Dead, where the achievements are like complete chapter one, complete chapter right. two. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but that that said, it's not so much about the achievements as it is like I want to complete as much of the game as I can to get my money's worth. Uh, especially like you know in a game like I mentioned Spider Man earlier, I'll uh, you know I, I'm gonna probably complete a whole lot of it. By the way, interesting fact, not to get away from Mega but interesting fact about Spider Man and, and achievements is that uh, I believe Spider-Man's officially the the game with the most users having gotten the platinum achievement oh, trophy wow. for completing the game 100%. Uh, which which is just again is more proof of how fun it is all around side quests included. Yeah. Anyway. Um so yeah, like I the collecting thing is not so much about the achievements, it's more about I just like collecting things, to be honest with you. Hey, I mean, you name? can see this shelf over here, like I have a collection of nerd shit that I don't need, but I have uh, that I get through like loot crate and stuff like that, so um, you know <laughs> that's just me. Uh, what do you think of these kinds of games? Are you into like uh, mobile puzzles and stuff like that? No. I'm <laughs> not at all. No, no.
0: This is this is uh, this one is is intriguing to me, not the least because it's uh, it's free. And I mean, who the fuck am I kidding, man? Last week I downloaded this stupid fucking glide suit like wingsuit game, and it had ads and it was really obnoxious. But I played it for like fucking four hours, man. <laughs> and then granted, I never played it again. I you know uninstalled it. I haven't touched it shit since. I was like sitting there playing this stupid fucking game, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? This looks. Much more worth my time than that.
1: It's almost a little bit Fez inspired. It seems it has just that look about it, with uh, the whole like like rotating things around. It's not so much of a perspective bender as Fez is, but you know it's it's, it's slightly slightly there with the pu- like rotating puzzle.
0: And it has a it actually has a <laughs> level a level editor in it. As yeah, well, from the yeah. So I
1: a diorama cool. maker. You can actually make your own stuff and play it. So, so that's, that's a way to build a community around your game, even a mobile game. So, uh, good job, Martin Mag, Magny, Magni, Magni- Mag- Martin, 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 Martin. Uh, someone make a Martin Martin uh, Lacroix flavor. Lacroix. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, anything else you'd like to say about uh, macaron?
0: Well, I, I I understand what the word means now. If I had known that, I might have been able to work it into the Mecha- intro better. Maybe.
1: Mechanism diorama, man. Get it right. together. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, it'll show, teach me to read about these games, you know, more than five minutes before we go on the air. <laughs> hey, you can't
1: we'll blame me, because I got this curtain. out. I got this out. Talks, oh, no,
0: no, no. You were you were absolutely fine. It's, it's A lot of times fine, it is fine. my
1: fault, and I'm like, uh, here's the notes, and you're like, uh, it's like... No, I, I, can't manage, I can't
0: manage my time right now man I'm, I'm busier than I've ever been in my so, entire fucking life
1: I can't blame you. I'm not going to tell you to drop <laughs> story so uh, uh, anyway um, so if you this is the end of the show if you like what we do you want to help us out you can do so multiple different ways uh, first of all here on Twitch you can uh, subscribe especially using like if you have a, a Prime account or whatever that is now the rule uh, you get one free Twitch Prime subscription to give away to any channel you like, and we are more than happy to take that off your hands, doesn't cost you money, but it helps us out financially, so uh, we appreciate that, of course you can also go to patreon.com slash riot and do it that way uh, as well um, other ways you can help us out is by sending us things like news, because obviously it's been slow news, but if you have something that we missed, you could be emailing that to us by, at contact at email dot, or god, I can't speak. Contact at IndieGameRiot.com or on Twitter at podcast or Facebook.com slash podcast. And I want to push today to um, Discord because uh, the more people in the Discord, the better the community is there. Um, We have, I think, a little over 100 people, 100 members on there, so uh, a good thriving community of devs that you can talk to and pull from if you need to do that, if you're a dev yourself or you can just, if you're a fan. Uh, you can surround yourself with the people that you're fans of Or potentially could be fans of People that make cool games um, And of course we're there as well Not that anyone gives a shit about us <laughs> uh, So yeah, Discord uh, There's a, a link below In the description if you're watching the VOD Or below the stream and of course it's on our website uh, Any last words for you?
0: I've said it once I've said it a
1: thousand times The word the Who are all you people? I pooped myself. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't want to talk anymore because my throat's going to die. That's what I have to say. Say goodbyes. Your goodbyes? Uh, Every time.
0: Every time.